The diamond I realized the diamond. Diamond. Yes. The yes. This is one time The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes are trainers and used to be black. But after the shoes got wet so many times, now are blue. These shoes belong to Felipe and this is his story. My story begins when me and my girlfriend left Brazil for a new life experience. Despite all the advice from our families, we bought a one-way ticket and came to London in November of 2019. We had just enough money to keep ourselves for a month and 10 days of paid accommodation. We expected to find a permanent place to stay in those 10 days and a job within 30 days. Well, that was the plan. Before moving to London, all I knew about the city is that it was a very big city, multicultural, with a lot of different kind of people and a very probably dark and wet city when it's raining all the time. I arrived in Heathrow Airport, so I took the tube to the city and I, I saw right away that it was rainy and very cold. First time that the tube opened the door outside and I could feel the, the wind blowing at me very cold and wet. <laughs> The first 10 days were intense. Everything was completely new and different. It became very clear that we were not prepared for the weather in London and that simple things like food and water taste like completely different. We're not used to drink tap water in Brazil. So now uh, here in London I, I drink tap water which tastes like old pipes and things like that. So. It was very weird for the first weeks to get used to that. When we came to London, we had 10 days of Airbnb paid. Our host, Christoph, was very kind to us. He helped us a lot. By the end of 10 days, we had visited lots of potential houses and escaped from a couple of scams too. The initial excitement of arriving in London for a new life experience had already turned into tiredness and worry. I had no idea how hard it was to find a room to rent in London. Seems like people know that you're desperate and need to find a place so they try to take advantage of you in any possible way. The money was getting short, so we decided to rent a room and share a flat with a Bulgarian couple who were subletting the bedroom to us. We had to pay a lot of money in advance and committed to stay at least for six months. My intuition was telling me that something was wrong with that place, but we had no other option other than to get our lives started and to stay there at least for six months. After a few days, the couple showed to be very weird and we felt like strangers, totally unwelcomed, living in a house that we couldn't use with people that didn't want us to be there. After a week living in the house, we used the kitchen for the first time. And while I was washing the dishes, the man entered the kitchen and he was absolutely furious. He was shouting at me aggressively 
and I couldn't even understand what he was saying. I was so shocked that I couldn't speak either. He was completely out of control. I thought he was going to hurt us or do something bad, but he stormed out of the house. I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to expect next. My girlfriend was terrified. She started crying and say, I don't want to stay here anymore. I took a knife and we locked ourselves inside the bedroom and spent the night packing our bags. The next morning we spoke with a woman and she appeared to understand the situation. She said that we could leave and she promised to return our money by the end of the day. We had nowhere to go. I didn't know where we were going to sleep the next night. I had to ask for help from our Airbnb friend, Christoph, and he saved us and let us stay there for a couple of nights for free in his place. The money we paid upfront hadn't been returned as the Bulgarian woman said she would do, and she was she wasn't answering the phone or any of her messages. When talking to my family on the phone, I had to pretend that everything was fine because I didn't want them to be worried about me. Christoph helped us with some legal advice, but we had no time to wait for that. We had lost hope at that point. We were only thinking about a way of going back to Brazil when suddenly the Bulgarian woman returned the money. Oh, it was great. I felt so relieved. The next day we found a bedroom in a flat in East London that seemed fair and we were back on a plan. The following week was intense and dedicated to find a job. Several different interviews and trial shifts before I found a job as a waiter in a restaurant. The job was in a fast-paced restaurant in central London and I was told that no experience was required. I will never forget my first day on the job. I sat today morning in December. The place was busy, packed with hungry people and loud babies. They didn't have time to teach me anything. I was making all kinds of mistakes that morning. But luckily my English friend, Rachel, who I had just met, was very kind to me and helped me a lot. Clients were surprisingly very understanding. They even gave me some tips, but the manager kept rushing me all the time. Come on, you've got to be faster. Clean those tables, there's people waiting in the queue. Your coffees are getting cold, chop chop. Oh, I hated that chop chop. I wanted so bad to find an excuse to leave and never come back to that place again. When I finished my shift, I sat in the staff room for 30 minutes before I dragged myself out of there. I was leaving when I heard a colleague calling me. Hey Philip, would you like to try the new brownie before you go? Oh yes, that's all I need, I said to her. So I took a big bite and started to chew. This is horrible, I thought. I looked around and all the stuff was laughing at me. I realized that I was eating coffee grounds, which looked exactly like brownies when compacted. 
Welcome to the team, they said. See you tomorrow. Okay, I got the joke. It was really funny. And they probably would only have teased me because they liked me, right? I needed the money, so I committed myself to stay at least for a month to get the salary and then look for another job. The next week, a couple from Lithuania moved into our house and they were extremely annoying. They fought all the time between themselves, hogging the bathroom, kitchen, washing machine and everything else. The guy who looks dodgy was really rude and walked around the house with a frown and an air of superiority as if to say don't talk to me. Sometimes he even asked me very ironically if we had simple things like washing machines and microwaves in Brazil. He worked night shifts and on his days off he spent the night walking around the house making noise and talking on the phone. The fight between the couple became more frequent until his wife left him. From then on, things started to get worse. He went out drinking almost every day and came home very aggressive, cursing us and making physical threats. It was extremely difficult for me to leave the house and go to work knowing that my girlfriend would be alone at home with this disgusting man. One day, my girlfriend got home earlier from work and found a guy in underwear sleeping on our bed. She got so scared. She locked herself in the bathroom and called me. I went home as soon as possible. And when I got there, he had already left to work. I called the landlord to do something. At that time, the lockdown due to coronavirus had been declared and the Lithuanian guy asked for a month to leave the house. During that month, in lockdown, we had to live with him every single day. This guy did his best and everything possible to make our lives a living hell. But after a month, the landlord had to call for help to get him out of the house. If I had come to London by myself would be much harder and I'm glad that she was here with me and she's optimistic I think this is a thing about Brazilians we are optimistic by nature you know so when you ask us how are you doing we're always like oh we are fine we're doing great everything is nice and when I ask I don't know British people if they are okay they say ah not bad or Okay, can't complain, but you know, <laughs> that's the difference for me. When you come to London, when you arrive, it's very hard, the first few months. But once you get over that, it's, it's nice. My flat is nice. I like the flat, I like the neighborhood, I like my flatmates now. And my job is nice, so I was a waiter before, now I'm a barista doing coffees now and I love to do coffees so it's been great London is a nice a very nice place to live and a city that I really 
like and enjoy being here, but it's not home for me, you know. Maybe one day will be, but not right now. To be honest, I don't see myself living in London forever. So I'll probably stay for, I don't know how long, but I'm going back to, to my home, to, to Brazil, you know? First thing I would do when I come back to Brazil is go to the beach and dive on the sea. <laughs> Get a nice sunshine and coconut water and hug my family. That's it. This podcast is part of the GLA ESOL Plus Arts Project, a collaboration between City Lit Adult Education College, Empathy Museum, Boldface and storyteller Ariane Hagilias. The project explores how ESOL and the arts can work together to promote English language learning in the UK capital. The music from the free music archive used in this podcast was Fragile Data by Blair Moon and Algorithms by Chad Crouch.